What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 28th episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15-year anniversary of the Xbox 360, with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game, Doc Waltman makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on this show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. On this week's episode, we journey to Northern Tamriel in The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, released on November 11th, 2011. After two stellar Elder Scrolls games on consoles, hype had been built to a fever pitch when The Elder Scrolls V was released. For many people, they had heard about the series via word of mouth from people like me, who had spent over 200 plus hours in the world of Oblivion, and this was really a lot of people's first game in the series. In fact, I know a lot of people whose very first RPG was Skyrim, and whether it was the introduction of dragons to the series, the Norwegian fantasy aesthetic, or the glut of content, Skyrim really resonated with people in the way that I, for one, never really would have expected. It's the main reason why it's been ported to a million platforms by now, and it's the butt of many jokes. But at the same time, its legacy is still being held, to, held uh, on to today, even though it's been almost 10 years now since Skyrim came out. And it, I can't believe it's been so long uh, since Skyrim came out. Yeah, just Skyrim was a huge deal when it came out. Um, again, I know a lot of people just who hadn't even really picked up a 360 at the time or a, like a seventh generation console uh, picked it up just to play Skyrim and uh, fell in love with that world and all the characters and and playing through that game. And uh, I know it just introduced a lot of people to RPGs In the, it had the similar effect that uh, something like the Witcher three did um, or other RPGs of that ilk. Um, and yeah, it was amazing to see just so many people who I didn't really know even play video games were like, asking me about Skyrim because they knew I played uh, video games before or just that I had played uh, Elder Scrolls 4 a lot because um, I really liked the Elder Scrolls series up until Skyrim. So I was super jazzed for Skyrim. Um, I just wasn't expecting everyone else to be jazzed about it too. And I think part of this also has to do with Fallout 3 as well, being a bigger hit for Bethesda um, as well. Um, I think that really brought a lot of people into uh, the Bethesda game verse and then that turned them on to other Bethesda games as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Skyrim, it had a huge impact on Skyrim as well. But first... If you haven't played Skyrim before, if you're the one of the only people who haven't played Skyrim before, or if you just decide to skip over the story altogether, here's a quick synopsis. Basically, the story takes place 200 years after the events of the Oblivion in the province of Skyrim. However, the way Elder Scrolls games works is kind of like the way Final Fantasy works, but in a slightly different way. Basically, all the games take place in, in the, uh, the location of uh, Tamriel, which is a bunch of different provinces, but the games aren't really tied together, either thematically or with different characters or anything. So for the most part, each game is kind of its own standalone experience uh, from, from each other. They don't really do numbered sequels or anything like that. So you don't need to go back to Elder Scrolls Arena to, to, to get some tidbits on how to play, like how the story connects with this game. It just, it doesn't work that way. In this game, you play as the Dragonborn, a character cop in a civil war, between the reigning Imperials and the rebel faction Stormcloaks over control of Skyrim. However, when the dragons make their return to the land, it's up to you as the Dragonborn, who has the ability to absorb dragons' souls, to stop them by defeating their leader, Anduin. Like other Elder Scrolls title, the campaign is fairly short and can be completed in about 10 hours or so, which is alright at all, but at the same time, it's not going to blow your socks off or anything like that, but it had some pretty memorable characters and it is definitely worth not skipping at all. Um, definitely if you're, if you 
uh, are the type of person who jumps into Elder Scrolls and then never plays the campaign. I do think it's worth playing, especially uh, for some of the combat unlocks that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but also, I think some of the characters are, are pretty memorable and cool. Like, I think that the Skyrim story in particular is actually stronger than the one in Oblivion or in some of the uh, previous Elder Scrolls campaigns. Um, so it is, I think it is definitely worth playing. But for the most part, that's not the real reason you're playing this game. Because the real meat and bones of the experience comes from the game's many, many side quests larger quest lines, and the exploration of Skyrim itself. With 244 total quests, 150 dungeons to explore, and tons of landmarks to see along the way, you could easily spend 200 plus hours playing Skyrim in order to see just about everything. Plus, if you if you even wanted more stuff on top of that, Skyrim received two large DLC expansions in the form of Dawnguard and Dragonborn, both adding hours of gameplay and some interesting new combat features. Uh, Dawnguard in particular gave you some new uh, vampire abilities because you could already become a vampire in the main game with some added perks. But uh, this time around, it gave you this big like vampire lord tree to go down uh, if you wanted to go down that road. Or it gave you some impressive skills on the other side, the vampire hunter uh, skill line as well. Um, so yeah, the DLC packs were pretty cool. Again, Dawnguard, I think it stands out between the two of them as being the better of the two. Um, but ultimately I do think they're also worth playing as well. Um, even though they are pretty expensive, if you were to buy them now, I think they're still going for 20 bucks digitally each. So, uh, if you're going to pick this up at all, uh, you should definitely grab the game of the year edition or, or the, uh, Xbox one special edition that includes all the DLC. Of course, the true fun of any Elder Scrolls game is simply walking around Skyrim with no real agenda at all, seeing an icon come up your mini map and basically saying to yourself, Hey, what's over there? In a lot of ways, it's a game about making your own adventure, and Skyrim certainly fits that bill, along with the other Elder Scrolls games. Even though it's Tamriel's northernmost province, it doesn't fall into the trap of having entirely just snow-based environments to explore. There are also lush forests, spooky caves, and murky swamps to explore as well. Combat in Skyrim pretty much follows the typical first-person RPG Elder Scrolls formula, with some minor tweaks. Gone is the class selection from the beginning of the game, and really depending on your race, you'll start with a specific set of skills, though you have access to all of them pretty much at the start. Um, you basically just have to level up all the different skill lines to get different skills or abilities or, or spells if you want to go down the spell route, giving you a ton of freedom to craft your character however you want to play. You want to play sneaky? You can play sneaky. If you want to run in with your dragon shouts and punching things and stuff, you can do that too. I mean, all of that is very flexible. It makes the combat, I think, feel a little bit unfocused, uh, especially when you compare it to other like open world action games or RPGs. But at the same time, um, it gives you a lot of freedom as well to basically just play the game however you want to play it or just even vary it up because you could uh, decide to play like 10 hours of sneakiness and then decide, you know what, I don't feel like being sneaky anymore. I'm just going to uh, level up my sword skills and then delve into some uh, restoration magic or something like that. Like it gives you a lot of uh, flexibility when it comes to to that stuff. You also gain access to dragon shouts, which are new to the experience, which are powerful abilities with long cooldowns that have the ability to give you a bunch of different effects, like being able to blow back enemies or light them on fire or doing all kinds of really interesting stuff. Some of these are earned throughout the campaign just by visiting the campaign or just playing uh, different uh, campaign uh, levels, while others are just found by uh, going in some of the game's different dungeons. The combat is fun, but I will say in hindsight, after revisiting Skyrim for the purposes of this podcast, because I put about 
another 20 or 30 hours into revisiting Skyrim just on 360 just uh, for this episode. Uh, we've kind of been spoiled with modern open world RPGs like The Witcher 3 and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And honestly, I think my one big hope for The Elder Scrolls 6, which has already been announced, is that Bethesda overhauls the combat system and makes it feel much more satisfying because the combat system really has felt kind of the same uh, since uh, even going all the way back to Morrowind, we're still doing a lot of the same stuff. Like um, enemies, for example, take damage to varying degrees. Like it, enemies die a lot quicker, for example, than than they did back in Morrowind. But for the most part, you're kind of doing all the same stuff and the combat just, I don't know, it just, it doesn't feel as satisfying as, again, um, some third-person action games or um, other games of that elk. And again, it, I, it a lot of that just has to do with the freedom uh, of choice that the game gives you. And I understand why they did it that way. But um, at the same time, I think they can make the combat more satisfying while also not limiting its scope by uh, just overhauling the combat engine a little bit uh, with the next version of the game. Now, speaking of revisiting Skyrim, how well does the game hold up today on 360? Well, for the most part, the gameplay and the exploration are still really fun. But the 360 version of the game has its own fair share of frame rate issues that interfere with the combat, combined with long load times that'll have you endlessly spinning the 3D model at the load screen. And come on, was I really the only one who was doing that? Everyone did that, especially because you're waiting there for so long. Sometimes you had load screens. I timed it like one of them lasted for like a minute and 15 seconds, which is ridiculous. That's a long load time. So obviously, uh, again, it's uh, it's not ideal. But, you know, it's it's a thing that, again, the gameplay is still fun. Combat's still fun. The um, the story is really good. Again, the, the side quests are still fun. The exploration is still good. It still looks good overall. It's just, you know, some of these little things uh, kind of get in the way of the experience. And they are definitely noticeable, especially if you come uh, from playing either modern games or even the uh, the Xbox One version of the game. Now, it says it is no way as broken as the PS3 version of Skyrim, which was notorious for performance issues. But the 360 version has its own level of jank associated with it, including like stuff like falling through the environment or just weird bugs that cause you to like in, like infinitely fly in the air just to fall to your death. Just because just because you stepped on a specific spot in the environment or whatever. I will say, though, that it was ambitious of Bethesda to put this game on 360 and PS3 at all, because this game employed its new Bethesda's new creation engine, which was employed uh, a bunch of new tech in the engine that I think made it hard for the seventh generation consoles to really run the game. It was an engine really that was designed with the future of Bethesda titles in mind, including Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. And honestly, it was an engine really built for next-gen consoles or PCs. So, um, I mean, it, it, especially with Skyrim coming out so late in the generation, um, combined with the fact that it was mostly a game with kind of with PC in mind, especially with mod support and whatnot, that it really just struggled to run on, on both consoles. Again, it runs much better on 360 than it does on PS3, um, but I'm surprised that it runs the game at all. And honestly, I have to give Bethesda props for at least putting the game on those consoles um, and at least being ambitious and, and trying new things with that. Um, because again, the game still looks really good nowadays. It's just, yeah, the performance stuff I think just has to do with that engine in particular. And again, it's it's no more evident than when you boot up the Xbox One special edition of the game and we put them side by side because uh, that version of the game runs much, much better. And I don't think they did too much to it. I just think that the creation engine just runs so much better on current gen consoles. And it was really built for that. However, with all that said and done, 
I still think it's playable on 360, and I do think that Skyrim absolutely deserves to be uh, uh, having a spot on the list of the top 360 games overall. Even if you don't have a current-gen console, I still think it's a game that deserves to be played by just about everyone who likes RPGs or open-world games. However, I will say, obviously, this did determine the rank. I mean, for those of you yelling at me in the comments, the reason why, obviously, Skyrim's not near the top is for that reason, because it just... I have to evaluate these games based on how well they play on 360 and Skyrim just unfortunately doesn't really play that well on 360 in comparison to uh, the newer version of the game or even just on its own. If you play it on its own and compared to other open world action games, it's ambitious, but it's at the same time, uh, it's a bit problematic. Now, if you're looking to pick up Elder Scrolls V Skyrim today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360. So not backwards compatible on Xbox One, but there is a remastered version of the game on Xbox One, like I mentioned, that includes all the DLC. And honestly, it's one of those things where on the roundabout, I think this is one of the only games where I will recommend going with this version of the game, even if it's more expensive. Um, I think if you want to revisit Skyrim, that's honestly your best bet if you want to replay the game. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, or us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye!